Welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host, Marika, and I'm a dietitian, nutritionist, and recovering perfectionist. Join me each week as I bring you raw and real conversations with inspiring men and women discussing matters in health and nutrition that are often swept under the rug. Sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee or a wine, and enjoy learning from conversations that help us to understand the messiness of what it means to be a healthy and balanced human. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Off the Record. My name's Marika Day, and today we are going to be talking about coming out of lockdown. So, at the time of recording this, we are just off coming out of lockdown next week. But by the time that this goes live, we will be officially out of lockdown and hopefully New South Wales will be at nearly 80% vaccinated, which is super exciting because it means that we have a lot more freedom. But I know that for a lot of people coming out of lockdown is something that is quite anxiety inducing, whether it be from just, you know, socializing again or whether it be from changes that have occurred during lockdown, which is what we're going to speak to today. Um, and in particular around changes with body composition, changes with weight and changes with eating habits and how we can sort of navigate, um, coming out of lockdown and, I guess the situations that we will face um, in the coming weeks and months around conversations about bodies, conversations about um, food and eating habits, and also just the change in routine that we will have. So, you know, being able to eat out more and those sorts of things, whilst it is so exciting to be able to do that. Um, again, I know it might be quite anxiety provoking for some of you. So um, yeah, this episode is all about that. There's, I guess, a few ways that things have changed in lockdown for many people. Um, and when I posted this question on Instagram, um, there were sort of two predominant narratives that came through. One was that, that people had gained a significant amount of weight and were worried about the remarks that they might get or the even just confidence that they would have. Um, going back out into normal life again. Uh, and then on the flip side was that some people had lost a significant amount of weight in lockdown and were either, again, worried about the remarks that they might get or worried about, um, I guess, you know, if they've found healthy habits or anything like that during lockdown, um, worried about how they're going to man- maintain those once lockdown finishes. The third one that I do want to speak about, though, is also – Um, just touch on eating disorders in lockdown because as some of our previous episodes have touched on, eating disorders certainly have um, heightened and disordered eating as well have heightened during uh, long lockdowns. And one of the many reasons for this is just because of the ongoing like stress and anxiety of, I guess, losing control of so many aspects of our lives over the last, well, for Melbourne, like year um, or over a year now. Um, So, one of the sort of, I guess, symptoms of an eating disorder is like finding control in that sense of um, being able to control your diet or your weight or your food. So there certainly has been when we look at the research um, and we look to sort of hospitalizations and those sorts of things, a really big increase in disordered eating um, and uh, admissions to hospital for eating disorders over the past 12 to 18 months as well since the pandemic has begun. So we're sort of going to be talking about those three um, situations and 
I guess, why they've occurred and what we can do about them and how to find confidence in returning to normality um, and returning to socialization, returning to being able to enjoy life and food and everything like that when we've gone through, and again, Melbourne in particular now, I think have just today tipped on the world's longest lockdown, which is just phenomenal. So we've been through a lot and um, it's just about, yeah, how can we comfortably regain confidence within ourselves to go back to normal and to start to enjoy life again. So let's dive in. So one of the first things I wanted to touch on in this episode is, I guess, some of the reasons behind why we've seen a change in our body image and um, potentially our eating habits as well. But one of them is um, (laughs) the explosion in the use of Zoom and FaceTime. So this is something that we really haven't, you know, relied on as heavily before in our entire like lives as human beings. So like in terms of not just our own lives, but in terms of humans in general, like we've never had a time in, in the world where we have gone in like completely virtual when it comes to uh, meetings and engagement with other humans. And, you know, like Zoom and FaceTime have provided us with a great option to be able to, I guess, try and replicate or replace human connection, which obviously can never be done through um, Zoom or FaceTime because human connection and even physical touch is such an important aspect of being a human and some of the reasons why we evolved as humans um, into the creatures that we are is because of our ability to be able to – yeah, be able to be like have emotions with other humans and to be able to connect with other humans. So Zoom and FaceTime obviously don't replace that, but they have provided us with an option to be able to still um, to still see other humans, which I have been incredibly grateful for during the pandemic. The only complexity that comes with Zoom and FaceTime is that we are constantly exposed to our own face. Now, I might be, I don't know what the right word is here, but like I might be naive. Is that the right word to say in saying this? But when you are on Zoom or FaceTime, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're looking at yourself most of the time. And maybe I am like incredibly vain, but I'm not doing it from a place like I look good. You're looking at yourself and you're almost pulling apart like the way that you look on Zoom or FaceTime or you're looking at your own mannerisms or you're looking at the way that you're presented there in those situations. Um, Obviously, you're looking at the other person as well, but more frequently, I find that you actually are viewing your own face. Now, if we think about pre-pandemic, how often were we confronted with viewing our own face? It was really only when we looked in the mirror. So for most of us, I would say that might be a couple of times a day, Um. Yeah, you know, in the morning when you go brush your teeth, maybe when you're doing your hair or makeup, um, when you go to the toilet during the day. So we'd get a few intervals of viewing ourselves throughout the day, but we had never had, you know, if you're in Zoom meetings or face FaceTime, you know, back to back throughout the day, you're getting quite a large chunk of time throughout the day where you are viewing yourself Um, And potentially then criticizing yourself because we are critical characters. We do judge ourselves more than we do compliment ourselves. Um, And so we're getting this exposure to ourselves that we've really never had before. Um, And in such a, 
I guess, a, a way that we've never had before, because when you are looking in the mirror, you're also not engaging in, you know, human connection or conversation or anything like that. You're literally there for the purpose of looking at yourself. Whereas we've now been sort of mirrored back to us our entire lives on Zoom and FaceTime. So we're having connections and conversations, but we're actually seeing ourselves in that moment. And so for a lot of people that in itself might have been a contributor to um, concerns around body image or anxieties or um, anything like that, really, where, you know, you're confronted with another view of yourself that you've never actually seen before. So I definitely, and again, I don't have research to back this up, but I definitely think that there would be some element of screen time in that we're seeing our own faces more that would have contributed to some body image concerns during um, during lockdown because it, it's something that's completely new to us as human beings. The other thing that is um, somewhat new to us, uh, in particular this generation, is the overwhelming uncertainty that the pandemic has brought upon us. Um, and, and uncertainty is incredibly anxiety provoking. Um, it's, you know, one of the reasons I spoke about in one of the previous episodes, um, for my own anxiety is uncertainty and not being able to control things. And that is part of, again, our human nature is that we want to be able to have certainty in our lives, in our day to day interactions, because that gives us some level of control and therefore gives us some level of safety. So when we have a pandemic that removes pretty much all of our certainty away from us, so we're not able to know, you know, when we can see people, when we can go to the shops, when we can travel, when we can go to work, when, you know, what our income's going to be, what the future of the housing market or the, you know, the financial climate and those sorts of things. There's or even our own livelihoods, you know, what is the likelihood that we're actually going to get this illness and that we're going to, you know, get sick from it or our family and friends. There's a lot of uncertainty that has been played out in the last um, two years, essentially, since this has sort of all come together. Um, and people cope with uncertainty and stress and anxiety in very different ways. And I guess if I'm going to give one, I'm going to give it early. If I'm going to give one takeaway from this entire podcast is that however you've coped with the uncertainty of the pandemic and lockdowns is okay. And it's, it's fine. And it's good that it's got you here. Even if you feel like the way that you've coped has been unhealthy or unhelpful, as long as you're not doing intentional harm to others, your coping mechanism is fine. And be grateful for the fact that you've had a coping mechanism that kept you alive during the pandemic. And even if it's meant that you've lost 10 kilos or gained 10 kilos or that you've developed poor eating habits, it's okay. Like you've survived a pandemic and that is the main thing. Like this is, I hate the word unprecedented times because I feel like we've heard it so many times, but it is, it's unprecedented. And whatever you've done to cope, as I said, as long as it's not causing intentional harm to others is an absolutely fine coping mechanism. And I think now as we move out of, I guess, what I'm hoping is to a much um, less pandemic and more precedented times as opposed to unprecedented, is that we can start to look at some of the coping mechanisms that we have developed over the last couple of years um, and start to question, okay, well, were they helpful? Are they still serving me? 
Um, actually, I'm going to take that back. Were they helpful? Yes, they've got your life. So yes, they were helpful. Are they still serving me is the question. And to what degree are they serving me? And are they making me feel good? And what is the next step from here? Now, that's not to say that, you know, once lockdown ends, you need to go out and change your life. You need to change the coping mechanisms. You need to change your habits. There is absolutely no rush in you returning to normal once lockdown ends. You have complete choice and control to take this at your own pace. And I mean that from every sense of it. I mean that from returning to exercise to returning to a different way of eating, whether that be eating more, eating less, eating less frequently, eating more frequently, eating more healthy foods, eating less healthy foods, whatever it is, um, or even returning to socializing. You get the choice at the end of the day, at the pace that you want to return to normal and don't ever feel pressure to go at somebody else's pace or that you need to jump back into normality straight away. If you want to, amazing, great, that's fine. If you don't want to, if you really want to test the waters and dip your toe in, if you're still feeling anxious and uncertain and worried and overwhelmed, dip your toe in. Like, Don't feel any pressure to do this at any other pace than the one that you feel comfortable doing. So I'm going to touch on the um, three things that I mentioned earlier in terms of, I guess, um, what you guys have brought up in um, so on social media about the changes that you've experienced. And I'm going to start with the one that um, was most predominant, which was um, gaining weight during lockdown. And I guess the fear of returning to normality when your body is a different shape and a different size and one that you potentially are new to. Um, and may not feel comfortable in uh, at this point in time and how you can return to normality in terms of being confident. Um, And then there was also a few questions around, well, how do I in a healthy manner get back to being myself? So, you know, if you feel like that you've lost yourself in this process and that, you know, you've lost your healthy, you know, self that you really value and you do want to sort of move towards your values more around health, Um, Again, I'm not saying that there's any sort of relationship there between health and weight. This is coming from the words of the you guys on Instagram. So I'm just sort of relaying this information here. Um, But what was I saying? I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh, yes. It was um, that how can you, I guess, move back to yourself and back to your healthy values without being restrictive or without succumbing to all of the COVID kilos messaging that we are beginning to now be bombarded with. And I dare say by the time that this episode goes live, I dare say it is going to be everywhere. Um, So I think first and foremost is we really need to, and this is everyone, I think we really need to sort of build up our resilience in terms of how we are going to take on the messages that are going to be thrown at us about COVID kilos. Um, I hate that term, but I'm again using that term because that's the term that you guys have um, fed to me. I actually haven't heard the term um, until I, I got the messages and it's just, it's just disgusting. I think that, Companies can try and shame you into changing, like you have to get back to what you were pre-pandemic, almost like let's forget about the trauma that was over the last two years of the uncertainty and everything. Like let's forget all of that. And all of a sudden tomorrow you've got to start a fitness challenge and you've got to get back to what you were pre-pandemic. It's like, oh my God, just let me take a freaking breath. (laughs) 
I don't, I, I don't want to just race back into this and I don't want to judge myself for the way that I've changed throughout the pandemic. And I think that needs to be the first and foremost thing that we come at is that we don't judge ourselves for how we've come out of lockdown, how we've come out of coping with the pandemic. That is something that is obviously so much easier said than done, but it's something that needs to be repeated to yourself from yourself all day, every day, if you need to, is that I will not judge myself for how I have coped with this pandemic and that it's judgment on yourself and criticism on yourself is not a motivator for change. Beating yourself up never gets you far when it comes to motivating and inspiring yourself to to do better, to make changes, to be healthier, to you know do any sort of change. Yelling at yourself and abusing yourself is not that. And I don't mean like actually yelling at yourself, but if you think about the language that you potentially are using towards yourself, is that language you would use towards your 13-year-old daughter? Is that language you would use towards your younger sister? Is that language you would use towards your best friend? I think that that's probably one of the things that I always drive home when it comes to um, self-talk is that particularly as a female and as a largely female audience is how would you speak to your 13-year-old daughter? And I always use like 13 to 14 year, or 13 to 15-year-old daughter as an example because I think that as, again, a female, we've all been that age at one point in time. And that age is, I guess, a very vulnerable age. You're going through a lot of changes, both physically and mentally, um, and you're getting exposed to a lot of new pressures and a lot of new situations. So I think when I look back to a time where I think that the most body compassion that you need is in those early years of puberty. And so I think if we can sort of think about, okay, how would you speak to your 13-year-old daughter? And the reason I say daughter, not 13-year-old self, is because often when it's somebody else, we are much more compassionate towards them than even ourselves. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely suggest using that strategy. And every time you catch yourself being critical of the way that you've handled things is, okay, how would I frame this to my 13-year-old daughter? What would I say to her? What would I want to hear like if I was her? And being able to talk to yourself in that manner is a really great way and a really great starting point to start to build up, I guess, confidence within yourself and within your body that you are okay and that you are perfect exactly how you are. Imperfections at all. Like none of us are perfect, but you are perfect because you're not perfect. I wanted to talk through, I guess, the reality of uh, weight gain during lockdowns just to give us some context as to why it is so normal and so okay. So let's think about this. In lockdown, we've literally had most of our ability to exercise. So be that community sport, be that public swimming pools, be that gym, be that um you know, workout studios, Pilates, those sorts of things, pretty much like 95% of our ways of moving and exercise have been taken away from us. So exercise and energy output is 
one fairly significant part of the energy equation. So if we're thinking about like, and I'm not going to go into today, the complexities of calories in and calories out. But if we think about that, it's 50% of that equation is that like the energy that we burn is 50% of that equation. And we have literally had removed from us our ability to perform most of the normal things that we've been able to do. And most of the normal ways that we've developed over the last, you know, our entire lives to um, exercise. So again, depends on what you do for exercise, but for most of us, we have seen a change in that. Now, again, depending on where you are in and where you've been in lockdown, sorry, um, depends on how much ability you've had to even get outdoors and, you know, time frame and those sorts of things. So some states and some um, cities around the world and the country even have had time limits on the amount that they are able to exercise. So again, that is another huge barrier to your ability to regulate your own body weight is that you literally have had that taken away from you. Now, I'm not speaking for politics and whether that's right or wrong and whether I agree or disagree with the way that it has been handled, but we need to acknowledge that this has been removed from us and that our energy output has been significantly affected and our ability to control that is completely out of our hands. The other thing to consider is that even though we've been allowed to sort of go outside and exercise is that not everybody has, I guess, the privilege or even the environment in which that that is conducive to exercise. So, for example, I live in a beautiful place in Sydney where I can go for walks by the beach every day. And that is obviously such a privilege that I can do that. But I feel safe going for a walk in my community and I have the weather that supports me to be able to do that. That is not something that everybody has access to. So again, not judging yourself for what you've been able to do and what you've not been able to do. And again, even if you have had the access to be able to exercise, that it is if you've chosen not to during this time, that's not a reason to beat yourself up. Again, what you've chosen to do over the last three months is a decision that's already been made and there's no point dwelling on it and wondering what you could have done differently because here we are, we move on, life goes on. So don't dwell on any decisions that you've made in terms of that over the last few months. One of the predominant themes that has come out of this conversation is the comparison Um, and comparison as to, I guess, what other people have achieved during lockdown. And I think that this is an incredibly dangerous path to go down because like I've just mentioned is that we've all been afforded different, um, different privileges during lockdown. So some of us have had access to home gyms. Some of us have had access to outdoor gyms or, um, you know, there's so many different situations. Some of us have had more time at home. Some of us are, you know, nurses working longer shifts, um, and not having more time at home. So we're all in incredibly different situations. And I mean, even pre-pandemic, we're all compl- inc- we are all completely different. Um, and our situations are completely different. So if your best friend or your sister or your mother-in-law or whatever it is has come out of this pandemic and come out of lockdown and is you know, has developed new skills, has, you know, become incredibly fit and healthy. And you feel like that you haven't done those things. 
Don't compare yourself to anyone else because your journey is your journey and yours alone. And again, you need to embrace where you are and embrace the fact that everything that has happened to date has happened not not for a reason, but because that has been what the decision is that you've made in that time. And that's okay because we make decisions based on the best available, I guess, support and the best available um, resources that we have at that time. So, for example, if you're incredibly stressed and you're incredibly anxious, then the best available resources to you is that, okay, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to lie on the couch because that is the best thing that I can do for me right now. And even if you look back and go, okay, well, maybe that wasn't the best thing in that moment you decided it was the best thing and that is fine. And we need to accept that because it's got you to where you are and where you are is alive because you're listening to this. So you must be alive. And that is amazing. The other thing to weigh in on the weight gain during lockdown conversation is the relationship that we have with food and in particular that we have around emotional eating. So as I mentioned, um, you know, lockdowns have been incredibly stressful and brought a lot of ang- uh, uncertainty and anxiety onto us. And some people have very, or everybody has very different coping mechanisms when it comes to these things. And some people's coping mechanism is to rely on the comfort that food provides them. That is a way that they have adapted and evolved over their lifetime is that food provides them with comfort. Now, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong or good or bad. It just is. And again, if it's no longer serving you, then it's something that's worth working on. But if it has got you to where you are, like I said in Megan Gray's um, podcast episode as well, is that emotional eating and binge eating serves a purpose if it keeps you alive and keeps you getting through incredibly challenging times. So don't beat yourself up for making that decision in that time. And it may not even been a conscious decision that you made. It may be falling back into patterns where you've turned to food for comfort in your past And again, that is okay. The point is we now have this opportunity to ask ourselves, what is serving me and what are the next steps to work work towards living a life more in alignment with your values and what serves you? And again, I'm not saying that that means that you need to change. I'm asking you, is the way that you're living in alignment with your values? And as we get more freedom, let's start to work towards moving sorry, let's start to work towards living in alignment with your values because we are now able to. Whereas in the past, over the last two years, we've had that really restricted on us. Our ability to live within our values has actually been incredibly challenging because of all of the restrictions that we've had in place. So even if your values are like, you know, family and connection and those sorts of things, it's been incredibly challenging to be able to live a life in alignment with that. And I think that coming out of the pandemic, it's something that we can really look forward to as opposed to, I guess, dread is that how are we going to slowly, slowly keyword, we don't need to jump back in, um, start moving towards living in alignment with those values. So I have a few practical tips that I want to share with you if you are in this boat where you feel like that you've gained weight or that you're not feeling confident in your body coming out of lockdown. Um, firstly is to have a think about those values that I just mentioned and I guess what 
write, and actually write this down. What is living a life in alignment with your values in terms of health and well-being? What does that actually look like? Now, don't get overwhelmed by this list that you write. It might be something that is, um, you know, a lot of different changes, or it might be a few different changes. But then what I want you to do is to pick just one or two of those things that you're going to start doing either this week or next week. And rather than trying to change everything at once, slowly and surely start to make changes. So for example, if it's, um, you know, returning to exercise. So instead of going, okay, I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to return to the gym and do six gym sessions a week. And I'm going to stop my binge eating and I'm going to make sure I don't have any sugar. Instead of doing all of those things, why not for the first week, just go, okay, I'm going to try and get to the gym three times this week because, or even once this week, it's something that you haven't done for four months plus, um, you know, up to a year more. Uh, so just saying to yourself, I'm just going to do that, that one thing. That's the most important thing to me, or that's the sort of easiest first step. Or it might be that you decide that, okay, I'm going to start having more vegetables at my lunchtime. Um, or I'm going to pack a healthy snack to take to work or to have in the afternoon. So picking sort of one thing that you can start working on and start nailing before you move into the next thing is one of the most underrated strategies when it comes to making health changes. And it's because it's underrated because it's not sexy. Like it's so sexy to be able to go, oh my God, I transformed my life overnight. But that does not happen. And if it does happen, it doesn't last. And people who tell you that it lasts are either lying or they're psychotic and they can just change everything all at once. And that's okay with them. But for like the majority, the 99.9% of the population, we can't overhaul our lives overnight and maintain that. So I really want you to think about the things that you feel like you really want to, from a health perspective, make changes to. And then one by one, working through them rather than overwhelming yourself, rather than setting the like the jump too high, setting the, the, the bar too high and failing. Let's set the bar low and make it because what that does is it instills confidence in you every time you have a success, every time you achieve. And when I'm saying achieving and success, I'm not talking about weight loss. I'm talking about going, I went to the gym once this week. I prepared a healthy breakfast. I didn't go through drive through on the way home. I made myself dinner. Um, those sorts of things. They are your successes and your wins. And the more of them you have, the more confidence you have within yourself. Whereas if you go, all right, diet starts Monday, going to exercise six times a week and eat like a strict, I don't know what. <laughs> if you do that and you inevitably fail, you lose confidence. So you're literally setting yourself up for failure by doing that. So again, while it's not sexy, let's try and set some really realistic goals around how we can make changes coming out of lockdown. Now, the final thing I want to say on the note of weight gain, um, and actually this sort of ties into the next topic around weight loss um, during the pandemic as well, is comments on body composition. Because this is something that as a society, people tend to do, unfortunately, um, but is not helpful regardless of whether it's coming from a compliment or whether it's coming from a dig at you. So whether you've lost weight, gained weight, or stayed the same, there's probably going to be unsolicited comments coming your way around 
weight and body composition because unfortunately that's what people do. And I guess my strongest piece of suggestion here is that the best thing we can do as an individual is to not engage in that sort of behavior as in not elicit it ourselves. So what I strongly encourage you to do is coming out of lockdown and starting to socialize again is do not comment on anybody else's weight, shape, size, etc. Whether you are trying to compliment them or not, do not comment. It is not helpful. So instead of complimenting them on their um, or commenting on their weight, shape, or size, show them that your friendship is more than skin deep by complimenting them or commenting on some other aspect of their personality or their you know personality traits that you like. Um, or if you're trying to take a dig at someone, maybe just don't comment at all. Um, so that's the first thing I would suggest is you yourself don't make comments on anybody else. Um, but then in terms of receiving comments on weight, shape or size, I guess there's a few different ways that you can react and to deal with this. And I think that being prepared that people may comment is, I think, and I might be wrong here, but I think being prepared is better than thinking that nobody's ever going to say anything because that's again, like I said before, society, we comment, unfortunately, on the way people look. So being prepared by knowing what I guess your responses are in terms of how you're going to frame the next steps, because there's so many different ways you can do it. You can call them out on it and say, look, I'm not interested in, um, you know, talking about my weight, shape or size. It's not something that is important to me. I rather focus on my health. You can just ignore the comment and change the topic. You can, you know, there's so many different ways that you can, um, that you can sort of change the the conversation and the topic around that, whether you're sort of abrupt with it or whether you're more subtle with it or, um, yeah, it's completely up to you, but I think have a think about how you comfortably want to manage that situation. Because again, I know saying social anxiety is something that is probably going to be higher. Um, and in particular, probably for people who feel that they've gained weight during the pandemic, the social anxiety is going to be higher because they do feel uncomfortable in their skin. And again, I'm not making assumptions here. This is what I've heard from you guys. Um, and so I think finding some confidence in knowing how you're going to respond should that happen will give you, I guess, a little bit of a leg to stand on so that you're not feeling so uncertain. You've almost got like a, a preparation there. And I don't mean preparation in terms of defensiveness and like trying to control or plan anything. It's just having that safety net to fall back on. If someone comments, I'm going to respond in this way. And look, to be honest, I think that that should be across the board, whether somebody comments on you losing weight, gaining weight, becoming more like muscular, becoming less muscular, whatever it is. If somebody's commenting on shape or size, I think that that response is valid and it shows that you don't want to engage in um, valuing the way you look as better than who you are. So now on the flip side of that, um, there's also been quite a few people reach out who have said that um, lockdown has given them the a gift of time and the opportunity to be able to potentially engage in more exercise and to eat better because they are cooking more from home. Um, and yes, yeah, so they have that time on their hands to be able to, I guess, finally prioritize their health. And that's actually led to weight loss for some people. Um, and then they are anxious and worried about 
uh, either one comments again that are coming their way as a result of that or how they're going to maintain their healthy lifestyle that they have developed during lockdown when they return to normal. So when they return to, you know, working from the office, when they return to having to commute, when they return to having to socialize and, you know, go out for um, food and drinks and those sorts of things. Um, actually, and before I get into that, I want to say that regardless of whether your weight has changed during the pandemic or not, is that every single person deserves, and I truly mean this, every single person deserves to be able to enjoy the luxuries that we have lost over the last two years. I mean, deserves to be able to go with confidence and sit on a beach, deserves to be able to go and sit out with their girlfriends or boyfriends or whoever they are and drink cocktails if they choose to drink alcohol or to eat delicious food out at restaurants or to have a picnic in the park. Every single body, and literally I mean body, doesn't matter what shape or size you are, you deserve to have that and you deserve to enjoy that. I think that there's so much um, stigma associated with, in particular, people in larger bodies being able to enjoy food. And it's honestly, it's depressing. And and I hate it because if we think about like, you know, comments that people in smaller bodies get, like you should go eat a burger and those sorts of things. Then if we think about people in larger bodies, the judgment that they get for simply enjoying a burger is like they've done something sinful and wrong and bad. It's like, oh my God, why can't everybody in anybody be able to enjoy food? Why do we say that, you know, only if you fit a certain aesthetic that you're allowed to enjoy food? That notion is just mind boggling to me. So I wanted to sort of preface this by saying, regardless of your shape and size, I want you to go out and enjoy food and to enjoy drinks and to enjoy being confident in your skin, regardless of the way that your body is, because the your body is literally your vehicle for getting you through life. It does not need to look a certain way for you to be able to enjoy life. So have confidence in knowing that and have confidence in knowing that your mindset, obviously we've got diet culture and we've got fat phobia and we've got weight stigma. And that does play a massive role in society. But at the end of the day, you can also choose in yourself to to go, you know what, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to go out and I'm going to go have a cocktail with my friends. I'm not going to worry about what people think of me. I'm not going to worry about my shape or my size. I'm just going to enjoy this day because I haven't been able to enjoy it for so long. Okay, so that was a bit of a tangent, but... Back to what I was saying about people who've created these healthy habits in lockdown that they're fearing um, are going to be lost. I would, again, use this as an opportunity to, I guess, think about your values. And I know I keep coming back to values, but I think it is such an important thing that drives our life. And if living a healthy and active lifestyle, like if you're being active in lockdown because it's something that you truly value, as opposed to feeling like that you need to achieve something during lockdown or feeling like that you need to prevent gaining weight during lockdown, I think if health 
is something that you truly value. And if exercise and exercising on a regular basis is something that you truly value and your job or your commute or those sorts of things are things that mean that you cannot physically, like it's not physically possible for you to be able to do those things. I think it's, that's a really good point to sort of sit down and go, okay, how can I make this work? Like, is there ways that I can fit in being able to live the life that I value while still doing my job? Does it mean changing my hours? Does it mean asking if I can work from home? Does it mean moving? And I know these are luxuries that are not um, able to be offered by everyone, but if it is a luxury that you have, that you can choose to live closer to work or to work from home or those sorts of things, then starting to explore some of those options so that you can continue to live in alignment with your values when it comes to having that time there. One thing I think that we also need to consider is what degree of rigidity have you developed around um, the schedule that you've created with lockdown? Because eating disorders certainly have become um, heightened, as I mentioned earlier, during this period. And I guess is asking, is it really coming from a place of value or is it coming from a place of fear that you feel like that you have to continue to exercise out of fear or out of And again, this comes from eating habits as well. Is it out of fear or is it out of um, living in alignment with your values? And that sort of ties nicely into, I guess, when we come to thinking about social situations, one of the things that was mentioned um, quite frequently is this fear of going back out to eat in public and to eat foods that are not you know, prepared by you that are probably more calorie dense, that are probably also more delicious, that are probably going to involve alcohol and probably going to avoid, avoid, uh, include, why was I saying, what was I saying? Um, they're probably going to include, um, you know, desserts and those sorts of things that maybe if you had been quite strict at home, it was not something that you were indulging in. So I'm going to again, bring us back to this concept of values. What do you value? Because you can 100% value your health, you can value exercise, and you can value your well-being whilst also valuing delicious food and friendships and socialization and cocktails and all of those things. And I say this because I believe I am one of those people who 100% values health and well-being and I value exercise and how it makes me feel and when I am feeling healthy, I feel happy. I feel, you know, more energetic and more lively, but I don't let that be at the expense of living my life because enjoying life and having balance is also one of my values. And I am a massive foodie and I love, you know, eating delicious food out. I love experiencing you know, different restaurants. And I love being around other people. And in Australia, that does involve food and drink a lot of the time. And so I don't want to miss out on that part of my life because I'm trying to be like this perfect version of health that literally doesn't exist. Because if you're not socializing and if you're not enjoying your, um, your life, then you're not healthy. Like 
it's not healthy to eat perfectly and to not socialize. That is not a picture of health. Health includes your environment and your socialization and your connections and your community. So I think that um, one of, again, the the tasks that I'm going to get you to do as a result of this is to actually write down what do you value and what are you willing to do and to not do when it comes to your values? And there's no right or wrong answer here. It's about you and where you want to draw that line between enjoying the pleasures of life and being, I guess, strict with your eating schedule. Because like I've said in previous episodes as well, is that for some people, you know, eating at home and eating the same you know, rotation of meals is just easy. It's what they like. They don't really find much pleasure in food and they just do that because that's what fuels their body and they feel good with that. Whereas someone like me on the flip side, I would not find enjoyment and pleasure in life by doing that. I need to be experiencing new foods and trying new things and new flavors and those sorts of things. So I think having a sit down to think about what would really make you happy in life and how can you structure your life coming out of lockdown and not even coming out of lockdown. Like this is something that I think we should all do at some point in our life is sit down and go, what do I value? And how can I start to move towards living more in alignment with that? Um, And I really don't think this conversation needs to come from a body composition perspective or a weight perspective. I think that the best thing that we can do for our health is to remove weight from the equation and to think about one health as health seeking behaviors. So things like your exercise um, and physical activity, eating, you know, nutritious foods, but also those other factors. So your mental well-being, your community, your environment, your connections. So having a think about all of those things and how can you start to move towards living in alignment with what is true to you and what you value? Because ultimately, if you do gain a few kilos when you've come out of lockdown, but you've gained your life back. You've gained your friendships back. You've gained your, you know, socialization. You've gained your enjoyment. I think that's a win. Like I would much rather be a few kilos heavier and be able to go out and eat gelato when I want to go out and have a cocktail when I want and to be able to celebrate occasions with friends than be a stick thin version of myself or even a lighter version of myself and not be able to do those things. Like those few kilos are your life. They are your pleasure and your enjoyment. And I think that we really need to make sure that we're not stripping away life in order to fit into a smaller body. And on the flip side, I'm not saying ditch health. I'm not saying stop caring about health, go eat out all of the time and drink all of the alcohol and just live a life where you're not eating anything nutritious and not caring about your body. That is not the conversation that I'm having. It's about finding that balance for you and really trying not to compare how that is different from yours to anybody else's because that degree of balance of where you feel happiest is going to be so different to anybody else's based on, again, just your values, but also your life circumstances. So based on your job, based on your income, based on where you live. So really, really, really try hard to not compare what balance looks like to you to anybody else. 
Before I wrap up, I also just wanted to um, give you some, I guess, pieces of advice around body confidence in coming out of lockdown. But firstly, say is that it's okay if you need to reach out for help at this point as well. If you feel like that you need either psychological support, you need support from your doctor or your GP, or if you do need support from a dietitian, then it's, it's fine to be able to, if you need to reach out for help during this time, if you've got through everything you have with the pandemic and you're like, oh my God, why now? It's okay. Like if you're sitting there wondering, oh, should I? Maybe that's a, that's a sign that you potentially should be reaching out for support from somebody if you feel like you need it. Anyway, to wrap up, I wanted to give a few pieces of advice around, like I said, body confidence. So first and foremost, I think that one of the things that um, really – I guess, develops our body confidence is what we're exposed to. So first thing I want you to do as soon as you get off this podcast, or maybe while you're listening to it, is to go through your social media and to unfollow or mute anyone who triggers you when it comes to body confidence, who is, I guess, drawing comparison comparisonitis for you. And it doesn't matter whether that person is well-intended, whether that person is a beautiful, healthy, happy, vibrant, you know, positive, whatever it is. I think I just said positive twice. Um, It's not about them. And it's not about the fact that they're doing anything wrong. It's that you're getting triggered and that it's time for you to mute that person. So I think that that is um, number one thing to do is to reduce your exposure to a certain ideal. The next thing is to um, challenge the thoughts that you're having about yourself. And like I said earlier in this episode is start to speak to yourself about your body, your um, body image as if you would your 13 year old daughter. So every time, if you're having to do this once every hour, that is fine. If you're having to do this once every minute, that is also fine. The more frequently you do this, the more frequently you'll build up that strong self of identity where you speak to yourself in a compassionate manner. And that is what's going to bring your confidence. So the more frequently you do this, the better. Um, Finally, actually not finally, I've got a few more. Wear clothes that make you feel comfortable. If some of your clothes don't fit like they used to, don't judge yourself for that. Remember what I said earlier is that we've been through a pandemic. Things have changed We've had so much out of our control. Wear clothes that make you feel good. If you don't have clothes that make you feel good, is it possible to go out and buy some clothes that do make you feel good? It is okay if you have to buy a size bigger so that you feel comfortable. That is actually going to play a really big component of your confidence. So I really encourage you if you have the ability to be able to afford to buy clothes that make you feel good or to look into your wardrobe to wear, you know, different types of clothes that make you feel comfortable in your body. Um, The next one is to view your body as if it is the vehicle that takes you through life as opposed to an ornament that needs to look a certain way in order to be valued. Your body is such a beautiful thing to be able to help you experience this life. And I don't think we need to put the pressure on ourselves that it is more than that. It is literally here to carry you through this life and to hopefully be able to, you know, help you walk and run and do those things. But for some people, they don't even have that. And so I think that that's where, 
you know, sometimes we say that when we're talking about body image is think about what your body can do as opposed to what it looks like. And I think that that for a lot of people is a great way to look at it. Like, you know, what, what abilities does my body have? But even that has its limitations. So I think that thinking about, I guess, both of them is like, what can your body do? But also, even if your body can't do things, your body still carries you through this life. And it is the same body, the same skin, the same everything from when you were born and you take this first breath on the earth. It's the same lungs, the same brain to when you leave the earth. So that's a pretty phenomenal thing that this one this one vehicle takes you through everything that you experience, both the hardships and the highs. So starting to view your body as that, as opposed to, um, as opposed to having to look a certain way. And finally, I think one thing that can be helpful for some people, not everybody, but for some people is to compliment yourself for other people. This feels really uncomfortable, but I think it's a really good way to begin is to start by saying things that you like about yourself. And I don't even mean just physically. Um, I think it's important to have a balance of things that you like about yourself physically, as well as in terms of your personality and your traits that you love about yourself. You don't have to think that you are beautiful in order for you to have body confidence. You don't have to look in the mirror and say, I am the most beautiful person in the world in order to be or not even the most beautiful person in the world. You don't have to look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful physically in order to be compl- sorry, in order to be confident. In order to be confident. In order to be confident. Oh my God. You know I'm getting to the end of a podcast episode when I can't talk. On that note, you also don't have to be a certain shape or size to be confident. I think a lot of people think, well, I'll be confident when I achieve X, Y, and Z. You can 100% be confident in your body exactly how it is without changing anything. And I think that complimenting yourself, again, not just physically, but on your personality traits helps you to build up that because you realize that you are so much more than the way that you look. So start by writing down the things that you love about yourself, or if you can't think of anything that you love about yourself, Things that you just appreciate about yourself. Is it that you are a good friend, a good mum, a good sister, that you appreciate that you're a good gardener or that you are compassionate or empathetic? Um, there's so many different things. Like, you know, you're intellectual, that you have nice hair even. Like you can include physical compliments in there. But when you start to see your body as a whole and your personality as a whole, you build confidence because you know that your worth is based on so much more than what you look like. So I'm going to leave that episode here. I hope that um, ends in a strong point. You have some homework to do after this episode. So I hope you go ahead and do that now if you haven't already. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode as always and love to see you guys on Instagram. So always just make sure you tag me at Marika Day. Um, thank you for all of your support. And I just wanted to say, well done. We made it through. I'm hoping we're out of lockdown by the time this goes live, but we made it through and 
we can do hard things and um, be brave and really go out there and start to think about how can we live this life that is more in alignment with our values now that we have a bit more freedom. So take care, guys. Have a wonderful week ahead and we'll chat with you.